0: It's (laughs) okay. They always say that you're going to encounter something off. This is my off thing, so hopefully this will be it, right? Um, It's always a joy to be up here. I don't get the opportunity much, but I always like the opportunity when it comes. It's typically this time of year when the men are at the beach retreat. I'm the official speaker of the men's beach retreat. (laughs) Um, Usually when Glenn puts it on the schedule, I know I need to start preparing. So um, I tried to do that. I, I've noticed one thing that's interesting when men go out of town versus when women go out of town. I had the opportunity recently where my wife went out of town. She went to Utah for a few days. And I thought, well, you know, I've got to do some things that I don't normally do. So I took some time off of work. And um, I had to do the school pickups, make sure I had all the everything ready for lunches and dinners and everything. So I took some time in the afternoon off. Sent something to my coworkers. I said, "Hey, I'm just going to be out a little bit. My wife's out of town. This is my plan." Immediately, some women I've never even talked to before email me back. I, you know what? You need to make sure that you keep those dishes clean while they're gone. Make sure that you keep that house straightened up. I said, "Okay, yep. I've never talked to you before, but thank you for this." <laughs> <coughs> and I put in there that. I need to take the time just because it it takes more than one of me to do what she does. And another lady came back and said, most men don't recognize that, I'm glad you recognize that. And and even other people would come to me and say, so Ashley's out of town? I said, yeah. Well, I know, I know you'll be glad when she gets back, just, she'll be back soon, just maintain you can do it. It's Okay. Now, if I go to town, if somebody comes up to Ashley, they'll be like, Mike's out of town? Yeah, well, hope he gets back safe. That's good. (laughs) It's a totally different thing, right? So anyway, Um, but anyway, I enjoyed the opportunity to be up here. Um, I appreciate it. You can see the topic on our screen. Uh, So what we're gonna do first, usually this is not a participation thing, but we're gonna have participation this morning. We're gonna have a little quiz. Uh, Now, I, I tried to get buzzers for everybody and have a whole little game show theme going. They did not give me any budget for this. (laughs) So, I have PowerPoint and your participation. Uh, So what's gonna happen is, I'm gonna throw a question on the screen. You've got two answers, two possible answers. I'll read the question, you yell out the answer you think it should be. This is like a hundred people survey for Family Feud and we'll see what most people agree on, okay? So let's go to question one. I just need to get through the week. (laughs) I heard most people say week. Um, Right answer. Mostly, right? Some people, it might be the weekends, but week. Question two. I can't wait for my to be over. Now, i don't think i heard anybody say vacation but if you said vacation see me and i've got different vacation ideas for you (laughs) okay but i think workday read won that one out okay question three this is more for the youth if i can just make it through the big i'll be fine okay i hear that a lot actually i've got a big test coming up i just gotta make it through that big test okay question four I'll be so happy when I reach the end of my, (laughs) yes, I enjoy my lunch hour, I don't know about y'all, that's my internet cruising time at work, Um, so I, I enjoy that, okay, and last question, if I can just make it to Friday, okay, once again, if anybody answered Monday, see me, And we'll talk about what you're doing on the weekend that's so tough. Um, But for some of you, I'm sure you've heard these things, and I'm guilty of saying them. uh, A lot of times it feels like we're just trying to make it through, just basically survive until something better happens, right? Um, But is that really what our goal should be? So this morning I had uh, asked the praise band if they would do the song Thrive by Casting Crowns. Uh, This song has got a few years on it. It was actually made in uh, 2014. But I really like the message it has, and uh, that's what we're gonna talk about this morning. And specifically, we're gonna talk about uh, certain lines in the song. Um, and I'm not gonna sing them. You don't want that, trust me. You'll be praying for a whole different thing if I'm singing. Uh, but we, we know we were made for so much more than ordinary lives. It's time for us to more than just survive. We were made to thrive. So that's, that's my whole sermon this morning And specifically, instead of breaking it down into three points, we're going to break it down into three words, okay? So uh, we're going to concentrate on ordinary, survive, and then end up with thrive, okay? So let me ask you this. We're going to start with ordinary, and if someone were to come up to you and say, hey, I just wanted you to know something. I think you're ordinary. How would you feel about that? Would that make your day? Would that be how you want to start? Or imagine like this, the first time me and my lovely wife went out on a date, imagine I went to pick her up. I went to the door, knocked, she came to the door, and as always, she's, she looks beautiful. And I said, wow, you look really beautiful tonight. And she goes, thank you. I just think you look pretty ordinary. That's not what you want to hear. That's not the response you want to get. So why is that not good? So if we look at the definition of ordinary, it is basically no special quality, commonplace, unexceptional. I don't know about y'all, but the last thing I want to be called is unexceptional. I'm not denying it. probably has has happened before, but that's not what I want. Um, But we're going to look at two guys this morning that that's exactly what they were called, and how are they were described. So we're going to read through Acts 4, 1 through 22, if you want to follow along. Uh, it'll also be on the screen. And I hope, I, I don't think I made it large enough. I gotta f- I'll fix that for next year. <laughs> so I'll make a note to, to get that a little larger next year. Um, but here we go. Acts 4, 1 through 22. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John and because it was evening they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there and so were Saphis John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and, was being <coughs> and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel... It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but, <coughs> excuse me, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Okay, so let's break these scriptures down just a little bit. If we look back at verse 13, we see that Peter and John were looked on as unschooled and ordinary. There's that word again, ordinary, right? Unexceptional. In the King James Version, It basically says unlearned and ignorant. In the NASB, it says uneducated and untrained. So what exactly are we talking about here? What were they unschooled in? Well, looking back in verse 5, we see that Peter and John were brought before the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law. So basically, they're being looked down. They're looking down at Peter and John because they were not on their level. They didn't have the credentials to speak like this as well as they were teaching based on the resurrection of Jesus, and that's not what the teachers wanted them, the people to hear. And yet, they were astonished. They were astonished by their courage, they were astonished by what they were saying, and they were even quoting scripture back to them. Uh, if you go back to four, verse 411, uh, when it talks about the cornerstone, that comes right from Psalm one eighteen twenty two. 22. Um, and then next, this is the powerful thing. They took note that they were with Jesus. Now, here's the deal. They didn't take note that they were J- Jesus from the excited point of view. They were with Jesus. They took note because they were with Jesus. This is dangerous. This is exactly what we don't want happening. This is something we've got to stop right now and get control of the situation so of course they brought Peter and John in and said look we we're warning you can't do this anymore this is not something you can keep teaching them and of course what did they say two ordinary unschooled untrained ignorant men turned it right around and said we have to do what's right in God's eyes not yours that's bold unschooled untrained ordinary yet they were doing something exceptional they were doing something extraordinary. That's a great example of basically ordinary guys living more than ordinary lives. Okay. So let's jump to our next word, survive. What does it mean to survive? Okay, so if we think back to the context of our quiz, the definition here is to endure and make it through something typically associated with living through something or enduring adversity. But is that really what we're talking about here? We've kind of watered this down quite a bit, right? We're not talking about, when we're talking about trying to make it through school or trying to make it through our work week. Is that us enduring adversity? No, we're just trying to get through an hour, or a day, or a month, right? We're just trying to get through something that we don't like as much as something we might be wanting to do later. So, basically, we just want to get through it and be done with it. The problem is that that we're so interested in getting to the next thing that we're missing what God might have right in front of us. So, I don't know if anybody's seen this movie. There's an Adam Sandler movie. And, yes, I'm referencing an Adam Sandler movie up here. I'll apologize to Pastor Matt later. Um, It's a movie called Click. Click. Uh, The premise of this movie is that um, Adam Sandler is given this magic remote control. And this remote control can control life just like he could control TV. So if he wanted to pause the situation, if he wanted to rewind or fast forward, he could with real life. Um, So inevitably there were situations in the movie where he just didn't want to be involved with it. So he would start fast forwarding and skip through the situation. He's like, man, this is awesome. His wife's yelling at him, and it's done. He's got to get through the work day, and it's done. He could skip everything he didn't like. The problem was that this remote was a learning remote. It had a memory, so that every time he skipped something, when the situation came back up, it would skip it for him. Instead of giving him the choice, it would just automatically skip it for him. The next thing you know, (coughs) he was an old man, and most of his life had been skipped. He had skipped through most of his life. He had missed so much, and um, he had not taken advantage of the time he had. So we don't want to put ourselves in that position. We think life is long, but we see in Scripture that it's really fleeting. If you look in James 4.14, why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Psalm four four says, man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. So we think it's a long time, but it's really short. And I'll put it like this. How many people like Christmas? Raise your hand if you like Christmas. Now, when I was little, I loved Christmas. That's my favorite holiday today. But when I was little, I loved Christmas Day. And I couldn't wait to make it to Christmas Day. I'm like, and just let me just get through December, through most of it, let's get to Christmas Day so I can open me some presents. Okay? I couldn't wait for Christmas morning. And that was so exciting to come down those steps and see what we had. Now that I'm older, I'm gonna say wiser and more mature. I'll let you judge that. But now that I'm older. It's not Christmas Day that I enjoy so much, but the actual build-up to Christmas. I enjoy the whole process leading up to Christmas. I enjoy when Ashley and Emma sit and watch Hallmark movies. I don't always watch the movies. But I enjoy the process. I enjoy getting together with family. I enjoy going out and buying presents. and, And I wouldn't miss that whole time for anything when I was little I wanted to skip right through it but now I, I enjoy it because when you cr- it's over before you realize it Christmas night comes and all of a sudden it's like man that was, that was quick it's done so you got to enjoy the process <coughs> and you got to do what the Lord wants you to do which is look at what's right in front of you and be ready for it so that leads us to our last word, thrive. So from the song, We Were Made to Thrive, what does that mean? There's a couple of possible definitions for thrive. The first one is to prosper, be fortunate or successful, or to grow, develop vigorously, or flourish. Now, let me, I'll be honest with you. I really wish it was that first one. I would love if it was the first one. But I think we all know that once you become a Christian, it, you're just not guaranteed to everything's going to be successful. Let me tell you how many Christians there would be in the world today if you could just become a Christian and all of a sudden everything's happy go lucky for you. Everything's going right for you, success. This church would be packed, right? But unfortunately, that's not what it is. Um, and I don't want to have any misunderstanding here because there's different types of success, uh, but what I'm trying to say here is that God does not promise you won't have any difficulties in your life. Um, Once you become a Christian, it's actually harder sometimes uh, because um, there's expectations, right? Uh, You're you're living a life that's not just yours anymore. You're living for someone. Um, So, if we think about... The second definition there, let's relate it back to this scripture right here, John 15.5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, what's our definition here? Thrive means grow, develop, and bear much fruit. Or to put that in another way, as I turn my paper. We were made to thrive means we were made to know God, build a relationship with him, and do his work and spread his word. Now, what does that look like? I think that's a little different for some than others, and I think it depends on your relationship with God, okay? Um, I think we can all agree that there's a difference between a new relationship versus a more mature relationship. So if you think of it like a tree, when you plant a new tree, what's the one thing you need to do every day? Got to water it, right? You got to water it, you got to get those roots growing and dig in the ground and get strong. A more mature tree may not need water every day, it's got a good root system, and is able to build nutrients from the ground. So if we think about that with relationships, okay? When you have a new relationship, you're kind of in that get-to-know-you mode, right? Um, it's kind of an exciting, awkward time where you're kind of just starting to know each other. Uh, and, and there's some awkwardness with that relationship as you're finding out new things about each other. You might be surprised about, oh, you like that, or, oh, I didn't know you liked that, or I didn't know you did that. Um, for a new Christian, that there's awkwardness, too. It, you could come in and figure out this, you've got to figure out this new life and how you should act reconciling with how you used to act right you've changed your life right um and you might catch yourself falling into old patterns and you might not really be ready to even open up yourself you won't want to take it slow a more mature relationship i'm not saying there won't still be some awkwardness but you figured out a lot more okay um if you've been married for 20 30 years I'm not going to say Ashley's still not going to learn some surprises about me, but there ain't much left. Okay? There ain't much left to surprise her. I might have surprised her more in the first two weeks when we dated than I've ever done in the last 20 years. Um, So, a mature relation, you've learned more about each other. uh, And you've probably, for the mature Christian, you've come to realize that God knows everything about you anyway, right? You ain't going to surprise him. Now, going back to a new relationship in a new relationship you try to spend as much time together as possible you try to talk on the phone people remember what a phone is right nowadays I guess you you try to text more Um, people don't like to talk on the phone I used to talk on the phone to Ashley all the time Um, I mean if I had if I could have texted in high school I mean we would have been talking all the time that would have been great carpal tunnel, all the time. Um, But you spend a lot of time together. But on the flip side, there might be some times when uh, you don't get a chance to spend together. And you don't really think about the fact that, you know what, I needed to talk to her today. Or I needed to touch base with them today. Because this is a new relationship, right? You're still filling it out. But the more mature um, (coughs) relationship, you kind of realize it's not about if I'm going to talk to them. It's when I'm going to talk to them. When Ashley was in Utah, it wasn't a question of, I wonder if we're going to talk today. It was a question of when we would have a chance to connect. Okay, So if you relate that back to a, a new Christian versus a relationship versus a more mature, you think about it like this. Someone new in the relationship, they might have to miss church on Sunday morning and that might be it for the day that might have been their time and that's all they got that day but the more mature relationship you realize okay i missed church today but you know I'll do my devotions tonight I'll still have my prayer time Um, you realize it's not when excuse me if you're going to talk to God it's when you're going to talk to God that day now I'll I'll throw this out there because it's not always a given we still sometimes forget right uh, when I was actually uh, working on um, this sermon, I was struggling badly with one section. Um, everything had come so easy, and I, I felt good about that because I'm thinking, okay, me and God, we're in tune. He knows he's helped me along here, and I'm, it's coming all good except for this one section. This one section was giving me a lot of pain. And actually knew something was wrong, she said, uh, "What's wrong?" I said, "Well, I'm just—I can't get this one section. It's just not coming together." She goes, "Okay. Did you pray about it?" Oh, that was like a gut shot. You know what? I need to pray about that one section. I did not put enough time into that one section. I prayed about it. I lost two pages. I lost two pages out of this you might never get those two pages back because the Lord might have said that's, that's gone forever um, or you might hear it next year I don't know uh, but those two pages are gone and then um, magically three more pages came to me um, so that kind of worked out uh, but it's, it's supposed to be not if but when you spend time okay So one more thing about a a relationship. (coughs) A new relationship can be fragile. The other person can do something just out of the blue that you did not even think they would do. And you think, that seems wrong, and that whole relationship could just be over. You could be like, how could you do that? You're not the person I knew these whole two days. And it's over. But the more mature relationship... You can screw up a little bit, mess up. And luckily your wife realizes that's not who he is. I'll let I'll give that a pass. Okay? And that's how our relationship is with God. The new Christian, something might happen, and they think, God, how could you let this happen? Why is this? And it shakes them to the core to the point where he might not be a Christian the next day but the more mature Christian hopefully has come to understand that you know what I don't know why you did that I don't know why you let that happen but I'm going to trust that there's a reason for it okay the more mature Christian is not shaken to the core the root system is there to allow us to God we're trusting in you okay now, this all hinges on the fact that ultimately we're actually in a relationship with God, okay? So if we go back to the scripture, we see if you remain in me and I in you. That's the first part that comes before there's any bearing fruit, okay? There's a reason that part's first. You've got to know him first before you can bear the fruit. Now, I'm not saying that a new Christian can't bear fruit. Not at all. I'm not saying that at all. But I do think it's directly tied to the type of relationship you have with God. The more mature relationship you have with him, the more you're going to bear fruit. Okay? Now, at the very end of this, uh, it talks about apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, that's pretty blunt, but it's a true statement. If I don't have the relationship with God, I can't do it if we look back at the beginning where we talked about Peter and John the thing that made them stand out was that they knew Jesus the thing that the teachers and elders noted was these men were with Jesus they had a relationship with Jesus okay? and because of that they were able to bear fruit going back to that scripture they started preaching and over time it was up to 5,000 okay that was based off, first, their relationship with God. <coughs> now, I've asked the praise band to come back here and um, do that song again. That's their th- our theme song for the morning. So as they come up here, I'm gonna do a, I've got one more little illustration for you. And I'm going to put a little disclaimer on this illustration. Okay? Um, this illustration came right out of a devotional book by Tony Dungy and it's one of my favorite devotion books. I've actually read through it quite a few times. And um, this particular illustration, I've got bookmarked, and I I really like it a lot. My disclaimer is I'm not sure this illustration is true. So bear with me on that. I I tried to use the magic of Google and the internet to confirm the illustration. And there's some that say, oh yeah, that happened. Some say it might not have happened. So, in the interest of this morning, it happened, okay? So uh, the story is told about a great Polish pianist and composer, Ignacy Paderewski. I'm going to say that again, Paderewski, and I'm going to say that over and over because I actually got on YouTube and learned how to say his name, Paderewski, Paderewski, okay? Uh, But he was scheduled to perform in Philadelphia. While the audience was arriving and making their way to the seats, uh, there was a young boy and he disappeared from his mother and he actually made his way up to the stage. Um, On stage, the spotlight shone on this beautiful piano. So imagine there's a beautiful piano up here with lights just bearing down on it, spotlighted, center stage. And and this little young boy, fascinated by this piano, climbed onto the piano bench and to the shock of everyone, started playing. Now, what was he playing? What's the first thing most people who don't know how to play the piano sit down and start playing? Chopsticks, Chopsticks, right? So this boy gets up there, he climbs up on the piano bench and starts playing chopsticks in front of the whole auditorium, spotlight shining on him, playing chopsticks. Immediately some of the audience started shouting, who is this boy, where are his parents, and of course, get him away from that piano. This is the master's piano, what is he doing there? So offstage, Paderewski heard the commotion, and he walked out to see what was going on. So he saw everybody getting upset, he saw this young boy playing chopsticks, and he came up behind the little boy, And leaning over top of them, the great composer started to play a beautiful melody around the chopsticks. Suddenly the crowd was mesmerized by what was such a simple tune and what was just a second ago was was making them so upset. Now the great master was joining in and they were mesmerized by how beautiful it was. <coughs> they continued to play a little bit. And as they're playing, the still mesmerized. Paderewski leaned down to the boy, whispered in his ear, and says, Don't stop. Keep going. I'll stay right here by your side. Don't stop. Keep going. I'll be right here by your side. That's my Jesus. Okay? Without him, I don't have a lot going for me. Okay? I'm just an ordinary, average guy. But with him, I can thrive. Let me turn it over to the praise band. As they're going, the song's going to be on screen. Kind of focus on the words, please, and just kind of just look at the words and just focus on what the song is trying to tell you.